Hey, welcome back. This is our online series going through the fruit of the Spirit. So today we are talking about the fruit of the Spirit, which is faithfulness. Now, faithfulness has a couple aspects to it. On the one hand, faithfulness means doing what you are supposed to do. Faithfulness is doing what you are supposed to do. The other aspect of it is that you're doing that, what you're supposed to do, for the long haul. So today what I want to do is I want to take you into a text that um, informs how I think about ministry faithfulness. And uh, this was actually the text that was read over me at my ordination uh, many moons ago. And um, I want to take this specific text and I think it'll work. I mean, I hope and I pray it'll work, but it'll be specific to ministry, but the, the principles are uh, broad enough that it'll, it'll apply to all of our situations. So let's read it. Uh, we'll pray and we'll get right to work. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 8. It reads like this, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time is coming for my departure, and it's near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Let's pray. Lord, we ask right now that you would so fill us with your Spirit that we would exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, which is faithfulness. Help us to do what we're supposed to do, and help us to do that for the long haul, for your glory. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to do four lessons on faithfulness from 2 Timothy chapter 4. Four lessons on faithfulness from 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here's the first one. Do Faithfulness is this. Do what you're called and charged to do. Do what you're called and charged to do. In this case, Paul is writing to a younger minister named Timothy, and Paul is instructing him, this is what you need to do. And in this case, it's preaching. He reads like this in verses 1 and 2. It says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. 
Now, when that text was read over me at my ordination, I got weepy. I, I didn't anticipate it being such a profound spiritual moment for me, but it was a, a moment where that reality stacked up upon you know one another of God's presence and His coming to judge and His appearing in His kingdom. There is this mandate on my life to preach the Word. So, lesson number one, do what you are called and charged to do. Now, you might think, okay, Cor, what, what exactly do you mean by that? I mean, Timothy's a pastor and you're a pastor and we're talking about preaching. Like, I don't think I'm called to preach, but the, the transferable principle here is there is something that you are called to do. So, faithfulness for you will be figuring out what that is and then getting about the business of doing it. So you might continue to ask, okay, Core, how do I figure that stuff out? How do I know what I'm called and charged to do? And I think it'll probably uh, be a mixture of factors that include things like this. Your gift mix, the things that God has uniquely given to you uh, for the benefit of the church, the building up of the church, your spiritual gift mix. I think it'll involve things like your circumstances or God's providence would be a way to put it. Like he's going to ask you to do something in the realm in which you are, where it's a possibility for you to, to, um, to act and perform and behave. I think it'll involve opportunities, um, things that are available to you, opportunities that are presented to you. And, and then as we've mentioned already, it'll involve your call and, and uh, all of that taken together. I think will get you in the realm of, this is what I am charged to do. This is what God has put me here to do. And it can change season to season, but I hope that you would prayerfully consider what is God calling you to do right now? Because faithfulness will be the performance of that activity with diligence. So what, what is God uniquely calling you to do in this season? Faithfulness will involve that. Lesson number one, do what you're called and charged to do. Lesson number two is that you will be evaluated by God. So the Lord is coming to judge and in light of that, in view of that, be about that business that he has commissioned you to do. So again, it reads like this in verse one, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Why does Paul stack up so many phrases to get to this one commissioning or this one charge of preach the word? Well, he's trying to place that gravity or that weight on Timothy in light of God's appearing to judge the living and the dead. In light of what God is coming to do, you will be evaluated. So in view of that, do your job. Do what you are called to do. Well, let's look at it in the, in the text here. Um, it kind of explains, obviously, the preaching ministry of Timothy, but it also explains some broader principles that we can apply to all of our circumstances. So doing work with resolve because we will be evaluated with God is what's in view here. And then it tells us what it specifically entails. It, in, it entails being prepared and committed. It says in verse 2, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, 
and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. In other words, when you're going about this work that God has called you to and you're pursuing faithfulness in the resolve and the diligence of doing that job, a part of it will involve your preparation, that you're prepared to do this both when it's a, you know, a favorable season and when it's out of season, you're ready. You're ready to do what God has called you to do. And then you do it with uh, kind, of, kind of a comprehensive mindset of you're going to do all these different things that are necessary, correcting, rebuking, encouraging, and you're going to do it with this disposition of patience and careful instruction. In other words, it's basically saying when you think about your calling and you think about doing the work that God has set before you, do it with intentionality. Do it with a resolve and an intentionality to be effective at that role. It also involves doing the work even if it's unpopular, which is what Paul is warning Timothy here about this gospel ministry. He's telling him there's a day coming and has already come in our case, but there's a day coming where people will not put up with sound doctrine. They won't put up with faithful preaching, but instead they'll pursue these other things. So here's what he's saying. Do this work, be faithful in this work, because you'll be evaluated by God and, and do it with an understanding that your work might be an unpopular work. Let's look at it in verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. So it's telling us that the work is worthy of our effort, even if it is unpopular in our culture and society. So God is calling us to do this work, and we need to keep in mind that we will be evaluated by God himself. We're supposed to also do our work with a level-headedness, verse 5. But you, there are other teachers who are doing this, other workers who are going astray here, but you... Keep your head in all situations. Have this level-headedness about you. Be, uh, be, be um, engaged in what it is that God is calling you to do because you're aware that you're going to be evaluated by Him. Finally, do your work comprehensively in, in light of God's coming judgment. Think about your work in terms of not just the bare minimum, but the entirety of what God wants to accomplish through you. So it's, it's like this in verse 5, endure hardship. It won't be easy, so endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. He's saying to this young preacher, you've got a big job in front of you. Make sure that you're handling it in a comprehensive fashion. You're willing to suffer and endure hardship for it. You're willing to do, engage in different aspects of the ministry, uh, doing things like evangelism and being willing to discharge all of the responsibilities that you have before you. So again, it's not just bare minimum we're talking about here, but the entirety of what God wants to accomplish through you. So what is the principle then as we listen into these preachers dialogue through this letter? What is the principle for us, for all of us to consider? Well, it is the principle here that Jesus repeatedly taught in his parables. There are numerous parables in the Gospels where Jesus will say something like this. The kingdom of heaven is like a master who entrusts something to 
servants and he goes away from them and he's delayed in returning to them and when he finally does he evaluates their work now maybe me saying it that way a handful of parables come to mind the parable of the talents the parable of the virgins the parables there are all these different parables where the the idea is very similar there's a master the lord himself who entrusts something to his servants us and he says use these appropriately use these accordingly steward these things for my glory he goes away he's delayed in returning but when he does return what is he looking for faithfulness you have taken what has been entrusted to you and you have put it to work you've not been lazy or negligent You've not been inattentive, but you have been faithful with what God has entrusted to you. And what is the commendation that's given when we are faithful? The Lord himself says, well done, good and faithful servant. So God has given you a calling. He has charged you to do a specific thing because of your gift mix and your opportunities and your unique calling in this world. And he's telling you, I will return and evaluate you. Be faithful so that you might hear these incredible words. Well done, good and faithful servant. So lesson number two, you will be evaluated by God. Lesson number three, focus on what matters most. Focus on what matters most. Now, this idea is not clearly explained in the text, but I do believe it's implied. It's implied by the text and by the charge. In other words, Paul is saying there are some things that you should be doing, namely preaching the word, and there are other things that you maybe do not need to be doing. In other words, you're, you're prioritizing things. You're focusing on what ultimately matters. So you're looking at what is the charge that I've been given now, I don't want to be distracted by these secondary issues. I don't want to be distracted by something that's going to pull me away from my primary calling and responsibility. So again, focus on what matters most. Um, be willing to say no to things that aren't uh, specifically connected to that, that primary calling that you have. In other words, do, do you have categories in your mind for matters of first importance? Do you have some ideas of these are the specific things that I need to give my first and my best to because this is in the realm of my calling and for me to be faithful will entail that I pursue this. So for me, uh, preaching is one of my primary gifts. And so I, when I think about it and I think about faithfulness, I know this is where I need to spend time and energy. This is where I need to devote myself because this is the lane that I'm going to stay in. So you need to figure out what is it that God has called you to, and that brings us back up into point one. What is the calling and the charge that you have? And then how can you prioritize that? So you're not getting pulled away into secondary things, pulled away into things that could distract you from that work of faithfulness. All right, fourth, the fourth, fourth lesson here. Stick with it until the end. Stick with it until the end. Faithfulness is not only doing the right thing, but is doing that thing for the long haul. So stick with it until the very end. Let's look at how Paul puts it here 
in verses, uh, verses 6 and 7, it says, For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I've fought the fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. Paul is able to say, I am at the finish line now. I have done my job to completion. I'm at the end of my life now, and I am being, I've been poured out, I've expended my life for the sake of the gospel, and therefore I have made it. I've stuck with it until the end. The idea here is that how you start isn't nearly as impressive as how you end. We've all seen runners who, out of the starting blocks, they take off running, but then they quickly run out of gas. And they either collapse and are unable to finish, or they just fall so far behind the pack that, that the, what, how they complete is not even really that impressive. Um, so, we need to be a people who are thinking about the end and how we want to finish well. Faithfulness will entail not only starting out well, but finishing well. And that should be our ambition. Michael Hyatt and company, they have a, a template, I believe it's called the Life Vision Script Template. And you can Google Michael Hyatt and company Life Vision Script Template, and this should pop up somewhere. You'll probably have to put in your info, but it's a, it's a very helpful exercise. Um, I should have pulled it up, pulled out my version of it to show it to you. But basically what it does is it encourages you to think about the finish line. At the end of life, what do you want people to think of you? And it actually walks through different categories of your life. So for me, it's my marriage, it's my family with my kids, it's uh, my ministry, it's my relationship with coworkers, it's my relationship with friends, and it's asking questions in each of those different categories and saying, okay, well, in the distant future, when you get there, what do you want that to look like? What do you, what do you want your wife? What do I want Ash to think of me at the end of our lives? What do I want that relationship to look like? What do I want the church to be like? What do I want my ministry to look like at the end of it? When it's all said and done, what would be the final evaluation? What would be the final chapter of that story? And once you begin to kind of fill in that goal, that intended destination, you reverse engineer it. So what, what do I need to be doing right now to move in that direction? What do I need to be doing right now to safeguard some of these relationships? What do I need to be prioritizing right now? You see, faithfulness involves sticking with it until the end, and so we have to def define what is the end. What, what would we want it to look like to land at the completion line of our lives and say, God was pleased with how I spent myself. I've been poured out. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. So uh, when you do that, and I encourage you to go through a process like that, there's also a reward when you think about landing there and being faithful. We've already explained it in the words of Jesus himself saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But look now at verse 8 in 2 Timothy chapter 4. It says, Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. There is a reward for faithfulness. Paul says, I have achieved that. I have been faithful, now I will receive this award. And then he says, and not just me, but also to all who have longed 
for the appearing of the Lord. Friends, may we be a faithful people, doing what God has charged us to do in this moment and doing it for the long haul so that he may say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.